Uh, I'm going to start a new series today. It's called God Is, and it's about the attributes of God, and we're going to dive into that in just a moment. But I want to tell everyone that we have a water baptism today right after this gathering. Independence Point is our lake water baptism, and, and I want to just encourage you with that just for a minute. You know, I hear people sometimes talk about their faith as being private, and I, I just want to let you know that you won't find that in the Bible. Matter of fact, you'll find just the polar opposite of your faith being private. It's to be out. It's to be a light. This little light of mine, you remember that? It's supposed to be out there for people to hear it, to see it, and you to share Christ with them. Water baptism, baptism is a wonderful place to, as it were, let your light shine. Uh, water baptism is kind of like a, a wedding band when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, all of a sudden, I met my beautiful wife who got married, put a, a ring on her. She put one on me. I've had this on my finger 31 years, and it's never been off. And so water baptism is a lot like that. It's like you met Jesus, you said yes to Jesus, and it's like, man, I'm going to walk with him all the days of my life. You go down in the waters of his tomb and come up in resurrection power. So if you've not been water baptized, I highly encourage you do that. I want to share a little story that kind of goes along with that. Uh, I, I just recently found out uh, where this song came from. I have decided to follow Jesus. I, I didn't know the history behind it, but there was a family, a Hindu family within a tribe that the Hindu family converted to Christianity. The, the, the chief was not excited about that, and he, he, he threatened them and said, listen, you must convert from Christianity, and uh, they chose not to do that. The man literally looked at him and said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The chief had the two kids of this family shot with arrows. While they were actually dying and twitching, he began to say, though no one joined me, I still will follow. The chief still upset, angry. Hey, you need to convert back out of Christianity. And his wife was then shot. And he says this, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. And then they shot and killed him. Well, what's amazing about the story is that a short time after that, the chief was so intrigued with this man's faith that he died his wife and his two boys that the chief actually surrendered his life to Christ. The entire village came to know Jesus Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. So I'm like, we can get water baptized in front of everybody. Right? Amen. I want to dive into this series. I'm going to pray. I want to pray for my friend, Frank Sanford, that I just got word that uh, he was struggling this morning, couldn't breathe, and I'm going to pray for him even as we dive into the word. Would you join with me? Father, we do lift up our brother Frank Sanford and just pray, God, that you would touch him, resurrection power. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead would quicken his mortal body right now. God, we pray that you send a word of healing to Frank right now. Touch him. Lord, I lift up this series, every aspect of it, as we talk about your attributes, 
your characteristics. And Father, I pray that you would speak to every one of us in such a beautiful fashion today. Renew our minds. Renew the spirit of our minds. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Whenever I heard this, I immediately jumped on the attribute of God being Father. Like, yes, God is Abba. He's Abba. He's my Father. Having lost my parents when I was eight, he has absolutely been that to me, my Abba, my Father. I want to talk to you about the Father heart of God to you today. And I think there's many that resist that. I told this story before a while back. If you remember it, just kind of act like you don't. That would help me. And so I just got through preaching at a little uh, uh, Christian school in southern Idaho called Greenleaf. Anybody ever heard of Greenleaf before? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of you. And so got out of the, the uh, preaching there, and I was getting on the Interstate 84 there, kind of out of Caldwell, Nampa area. And I looked in a park, and it was very unique. There was like four big white vans in the park, and it was loaded with Muslims. All these guys had robes on and turbans on, and it was many of them in this park. And I felt like the Lord told me to go back and share the gospel with them, to talk to them about my relationship with Jesus Christ. So I drove my little truck up in there, and I, I didn't know how to approach it. I just said, hey, would you take me to your leader? And, uh, and they said yes. And there was, prob- there was many of them. What they, they were from Iran, and they were over here traveling from city to city, encouraging the mosque. So uh, he took me to the park. Well, I was already in the park, but kind of in the grass area of the park. And their leader was sitting kind of Indian style in the park with a blue tarp over his waist, which is kind of unique anyway. And so I just sat down and began talking to him about uh, Jesus Christ and my testimony and uh, how what God had done in my life and began to share with him. And, and I could tell that a lot of them couldn't speak English. It didn't seem that way, but I just shared. And all of a sudden, I got to the place of talking this way of intimacy with the Father, intimacy, having a relationship, friendship, and that God was my Father. And, and when I said that, I'll never forget what he said. He looked at me, he, he looked at me and he said, blasphemy, blasphemy. Why do I say that today? Because in world religions, you won't find any other world religion. If you look at Hinduism, Islamic, Buddhist, Sikh, what have you, you won't find God is Father. And I think a lot of people, even in Christianity, they say, yeah, yeah, God's my Father. But to really grasp that down in their heart and their guts to the fullness of it, I think people are challenged with that. And that's why I took on this subject today in the area of God is Father. The heart of the Father toward you. I'm going to read some different scripture that, of course, has the Father in it. One of them is out of Luke 11, 1 and 2. The disciples were there, of course. Jesus had just got... He just got through praying. Disciples come to him and says, hey, would you teach us to pray? And, and, and this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, when you pray, say, and he didn't say this. He didn't say, say, the Almighty One. He didn't say, 
the, the all-knowing one, the, the, the all-powerful one, this is what he said. When you pray, say, our Father, our Abba. James 1.17 says this, every good gift, say that with me, good gift. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. He is the Father of lights. He is the Father of, of sun and moon and stars and those things because he's the creator of all that. But more so, he's the Father of you. And it goes on to say, comes down from the Father of lights. Listen to this real good. With whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. A lot of times, I think we connect our love the way that we love is obviously that's the way God loves. And our love is all over the stinking place. And I got news for you today with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is no fickleness when it comes to God's love toward you. There's no shadow. There's no variation. There's no detour of God's love towards you. He loves you. You're the best thing since sliced bread. Come on, somebody. He loves you. There is no fickleness when it comes to God's love towards you today. And I want you to hear that. And I want you to sense that. You're like, well, J.O., I feel depressed today. Obviously, God is depressed about me. No, that's your humanity. That's not God. God loves you with a steadfast love. He loves you unconditionally. He's not fickled like you and I are. You have a good day. All of a sudden, he loves me. Oh, he doesn't. Can, I get, can you give me my flower? This is, this is kind of how we view God's love sometimes. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. The bills got paid. He loves me. I got fired. He loves me not. It's going good in relationships. Oh, he loves me. I got a raise. Oh, he loves me. Oh, there's a sickness. Oh, he loves me not. Very fickle in our love toward one another. And we somehow put that on the love of the Father when it comes to the Father loving us. But this is the true flower test when it comes to the, the love of the Father towards you. You ready for the true flower, flower test? This is it. He loves me. 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 He loves you. He loves me. There is no change. He loves me just the way I am. I am unconditionally loved. He loves me with a steadfast love. God loves me. And he loves you. Jail, you don't know what I did yesterday. Well, I don't know what you did yesterday. You don't know what I did yesterday. You don't know what that person did. But I'm going to tell you right now, he's not fickled in his love towards you. He loves you with a steadfast, unconditionally love, unchangeable love. He loves me. Me, Father, loves me. And he loves you too. The Bible says this in Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. This is a beautiful passage. A couple passages in the area of prayer. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. 
And to him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man, just listen to this for a moment. Or what man is there among you? If his son asked for bread, would he give him a stone? I don't think there's a dad in here that if your son asked for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if he asked for fish, would you give him a serpent? If you then be an evil, and I would have to say, when we compare ourselves to God, evil. Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more? How much more? How much? If you know how, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give you good things to those who asked? It goes on to say in Luke 11, real close, a little different, the physician Luke, Luke says this, I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any of the father among you, will they give him a stone? If he asks for fish, will they give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Can you imagine that? You ask your daddy for an egg, and he give you a scorpion. Here, here son. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? How much more? God, renew our minds. How much more? Joe, you repeat yourself. Yes, I do. How much more? How much more? Because I want you to feel it. How much more? I want you to see it. How much more? I want you to smell it. How much more? I want you to taste it. I want you to, when you leave here and somebody asks you about the sermon, you could look at them and say, I don't remember too much, but I can tell you something I remember. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Why is it so vital for you to understand the Father heart toward you. His steadfast love, his non-fickled, no variation of shadow type love. Because I want to let you know right now, when you have that love and you know that love, and it's not just here, but it's down in your heart and your guts, fear will di diminish. Anxiety will begin to melt. The Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. If I may say it this way, when you know how the Father loves you, you have no fear. The problem is, is that we've lost our identity from the very beginning, and it gets all over the place when it comes to what true love is, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. And so we attach so many things to God the Father that we go, obviously, I'm not really liking myself today. Therefore, God doesn't like me. Well, that's just not true. You know why 
really preach Holy Spirit all the time or say, man, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because he is the spirit of truth. He leads you into all truth. He's the great counselor. He's the great comforter. He wants to lead you into these things. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Oh, he loves you. See, you can't allow every mountain and valley in your life. I'm on the mountaintop today. Woo, God loves me. I'm down in the lowlands where the water is deep. Hear my shout, hear my cry. Say, oh, you in the mud. You're like, oh, he doesn't love me. God has not changed. If you allow circumstances to dictate your emotions or dictate your theology that God loves you or not, I got news for you. Your circumstances is going to be all over in life. You get bad news? Obviously, God's not for me today. You get good news? Oh, he's shining upon me. We attach so many things to God's love. This is why our hearts and our minds have to be renewed day by day in order to really truly know our true identity in God and who he is. Listen to this. It says this in Luke uh, 12 for those who worry. Listen to this right here. Then his disciples, therefore say, then he said to the disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Wouldn't that be amazing? Listen, just feel me on that. You just, I just don't have any worries. No worry. Be happy. Wouldn't that be amazing? I think there's a place that we can walk in that, that we're growing toward. Let me go on. Therefore, say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat, what your body, uh, what you put on your body, uh, nor about the body, what you'll put on it. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. Now, just a raven. Come on, somebody. I'm a hunter. I'm, I'm around ravens. I mean, just ravens. Crow, raven, you know what I'm saying. He says, consider ravens. You can probably consider any bird. Parrot, sparrow, hawk, eagle, whatever your thing is. But the Bible says ravens. So consider ravens for a minute. Now think about that. It goes on to say, for they neither sow nor reap, which uh, have neither a storehouse nor a barn. And God feeds them. God takes care of <laughs> ravens. Let this get in your heart today. Somebody needs to hear this. He loves you. How much more? Say that with me. How much? Say it with me again. How much more? Say it out loud. How much? Now preach it. How much? Tell your neighbor. How much? Wrap it with me. How much more? Here we go. How much? Ha, ha, how much? Here we go. Here we go. 
Cody, Cody, they got to go with me, bro. Got some white folk all in the house. How much more value are you than the birds? <laughs> than that raven. <laughs> and which of you by worrying can you add a cubit to your statue? If you then are able to uh, do the least, why are you anxious about the rest? Listen to this one. Consider the lilies. The lilies. Like flowers grass, creation, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God clothes the grass, which today is in the field, tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? How much more? <laughs> how? much are you feeling me today how he will take care of the grass lilies sparrows hawks how much more is he going to take care of you here's another one matthew 12 11 through 12 then he said what man is there among you who has one sheep and it falls into a pit on the sabbath and not lay hold of it and lift it up you, you, you know what I'm about, about to say. How much more value than a man, than a sheep? Therefore, it is not lawful. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. How much more, saints? So many sons and daughters of God, they deal, I, I talk to lots of people. I met with, uh, Rady and I met with a young lady last night. I mean, we constantly talk with people. And I'm not talking about her last night, but I'm saying this. I find that people struggle and they deal with a father's wound. A father's wound, a, a daddy's wound. Possibly they were molested by their dad. It could be an abandonment from their dad. The one who was to take care of them left. It could be rejection from a dad. It could be some type of abuse from a dad. Maybe the dad just never was in the picture. There's all kinds of woundings that I think comes through this thing called a, a, a father's wound in the hearts of people. And the Bible says, I think it's beautiful that God says, this is who I am. I'm your Abba. I'm your, your daddy. And I think he knew exactly what generations would go through when it came to the father's wound. Sperm donors who don't really love their kids, at least at that point, and all the damage that would take place. But the father heart is here to completely heal you to completely restore you in the worst situation that you can even think of that you've been through. And I bet you in this room this size, there's people in here who have outrageous stories of father's womb. 
And I want to let you know it. It's not that it doesn't matter. It does matter. But I want to let you know that God, the Father, can heal and take care of every one of those situations. How much? How much more than what your dad did to you of what God the Father can do in restoring you. Every place the devil steals, God restores. Every place he took 20, I declare 40-fold. Every place where the devil took 50 from you, I declare 100-fold restoration in your life, in your heart, in your future. He's the God of restoration. Will God really bless me, J.O.? Yes. Will he really heal me? Sometimes we go through seasons of pain and hurt and we can get disillusioned and all of a sudden it's like, wow, is the, is the scriptures real? Can I be really healed? I got news for you. Yes, he will. How much more? We get disillusioned, but you got to remember that God never had an illusion about you because he knows that you're but dirt. We're just a bunch of dirt bags. Is that offended? Do you? F- it's, it's Bible. There's something that you need to know when it comes to God and where are you going with this? I'm going to try to land this plane, but I'm going to take a little turn even as we approach the the airport here just for a moment. This is something that you need to feel me on is that we serve God for who he is, not for what he will give us. You, You need to feel that. Because sometimes this is where the disillusionment comes in. It's like, how much more? Your how much more may not look like his how much more. And all of a sudden, my how much more doesn't look like God's how much more. So I'm kind of confused on the how much more. We serve him to be like him. We serve him to know him. We serve him to be transformed by him. We don't serve him just to get what we can get out of him. I want to let you know today, there's a radical middle involved, and God is not your sugar daddy. He's not your pimp. He's not your genie in the bottle. He's God Almighty. And we're here, we're here to serve him and fill me. You need to hear this, to become like him. But things got all jacked up along the journey, and I want to get to that. Listen to Ephesians 4, 23 through 24 today. It says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I preach the way I do sometimes to hopefully renew our minds. Because I want you to walk out of here, gosh, I don't remember what that ball had to do, but I do know that God loves me. I'm convinced. I do convince me that God loves me. No matter what my circumstances, no matter the mountains or the valleys, whatever hell I'm faced with, no matter how high the waters get, no matter how bad I get backed in the corner, I know that my God loves me. I want you to know that. And that you put on the new man. Everyone say new man. Which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Uh, Putting on the new man is a choice every day as a believer. Your pastor right here can go old man in a heartbeat. 
Just ask my wife. Just get me in the car. Somebody give me some sign language. I can go old man in a heartbeat. But I don't like old man. I want to go new man. In the righteousness and the holiness of why I was created. But you got to understand, something took place a while back. I call it the Adam bomb. Not the Adam bomb, but the Adam bomb. Genesis 1.26, now listen to me. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. See, listen, the lilies was not made in his likeness. <laughs> the raven <laughs> was not made in his likeness. The apes and monkeys was not made in his likeness. No animals, no creation was made in his likeness. But you and I was made in his likeness. And then, and then, Adam. All hell broke loose. We were in perfect harmony with God. My spirit, perfect harmony with God. And all of a sudden, Adam, and now my soul is involved. My emotions, my more than a feeling. My feelings are all over the place when it comes to love. And this is how we can get crazy in thinking that God somehow has a fickle love toward us. But this is where we're headed, you guys. Listen to me real good. I hope you get this. Don't miss this today. Is that before the atom bomb, we were made in the image of God. And now we're trying to get back to that image. And there's all kind of confusion in the world today about their true identities, whatever. Where we're going to find our true identity is getting back to Genesis when it comes to pursuing God's identity, pursuing I'm made in the image of God, pursuing my goal in life, church. My goal, your, your goal in life is to become like Jesus. You got to grasp that. Because if you don't grasp that, you'll be becoming like all kinds of things around you and what the world tells you that you're becoming. And you can't hear that. You can't receive that. Don't accept it. We're, we're to get back to the identity. We're on a road back to being like God. Are you following me? you got to hear that. Prince, 30 years ago, Prince was saying, controversy, am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Controversy, and you, you, you don't mess with me with Prince because he was my favorite singer. Okay, here's my point: is that people that don't pursue the original intent of why you were born, your true identity in Jesus Christ, it can go get all over the place. We got to go before the atom bomb and remember our goal in life is to become more like God, to become like Jesus. Our true identity. You can't tell. You can't receive what the world is saying and, and what everybody else is saying. No matter who they are in your family, what's going on. I want to let you know right now, we have to go back before Adam to go, hey, this is why I exist. I exist to become like Jesus Christ. And when you do that, church, you're not going to get disillusioned. You're not going to get confused. When you grow in that, you will grow in understanding God's love toward you. That he's not your pimp sugar daddy, genie in a bottle, but his how much more may look a little, little different than your how much more. 
But it's all, he uses all of it to conform us, to transform us into the image of God. And that's the end of my story today that you need to hear that we're all on this journey now to go back and become back into the image of the Father before all hell broke loose and become like Jesus Christ in the image that he originally created you and I to come into. If you think about it just for a minute, just let me tell you this about Joseph. Joseph was a, a just amazing dude. And here, Joseph, he is in a place of slavery. Say that with me, slavery. And you'll be thinking, he's in slavery, man. For sure, he's going to think God left him. Look what the Bible says about Joseph when he, when he was in slavery. This is what the Bible says. The Lord was with him. <laughs> the Lord was with him. And he was successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. That's when he was in slavery. If Joseph didn't know his true identity, if Joseph didn't know God, could you imagine being in slavery of what he could be thinking, that God's rejected him and all of a sudden turned on him? And then all of a sudden you see this about Joseph. It says this, but the Lord was with Joseph. Listen, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. He had mercy. He had favor. Where was he at? Where was he at, church? He was in prison. See, don't allow circumstances, your mountains and valleys, to dictate what you know true to be true north that God loves you period amen will you stand to your feet if you came in here and you didn't know why you exist I got to tell you today you need to know you exist to become like Jesus not what the world says not what your DNA says, not even what you feel like. You exist before the atom bomb to become like Christ. Today there's people in this room that you don't know Christ. Maybe you've walked away from him. Like a little baby, is born. Think about it, I was holding Jonesy this morning. There was a moment on November the 7th that Jonesy was born. He waved this, say, you know, this time. A person is born again exactly the same way. They don't go back through their mother's womb, but they're born again in the spirit. In a moment of time, a person believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. They become a new creation. Their name is written in the book of life. Their life is changed forever. And there's people in this room today that I think God's been drawing you. He wants to save your life. It's so real. It's so powerful. And it's so good. And there's people that knew Christ maybe at a summer camp. And throughout life, you've walked away. 
And you need to come back into a relationship with God the Father. <laughs> oh, that's where you want to be. And the Bible says that if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9. Jesus, before Romans 10, 9, says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. He told his disciples, hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Now, if you don't believe that's denial or denying yourself, the Bible says they left all and they followed him. So today, I want to encourage you to do a couple things. Here we go. Deny yourself and live the fullness of life. Live for self, you'll live like hell. Live for Christ, you'll live for life. So you deny yourself. Say, God, I've tried it on my own. I repent of my sin. I turn from all this stuff and I turn to you. I surrender my life to you today and I ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. You're the king. And when you do that sincerely, you will be saved, period. Born again, period. New creation, period. Stake in the ground, boom! And it's for you today. I did it December the 7th, 1986. Changed my life. So I want to pray with you to receive Christ right now. If you're a believer, I want you to pray with me if you would. I think it encourages people around us. It might put wind under their wings to help them make that decision. Bow your head. Pray with me if you've never received Christ or you need to get right with Jesus today. Pray this prayer of salvation. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I'm in desperate need of you, need of you. Today. today. My sin, My sin. Has, jacked me up. has jacked me up. And I surrender it to you today. And I ask that you would forgive me. I repent of it. And I turn to you. And I am asking you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you today fully. Here's the reins of my life. I pick up my cross today. I deny myself. And I follow you. I receive your forgiveness, your grace, and your salvation. Jesus, you are Lord, in Jesus' name. With your head bowed and eyes closed right there, right there, just, just for a moment. If you said that this morning, coming to know Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, I want you just with great excitement, raise your hand real high. Just say, that was me, J.O. God bless you, sir, right there. That was me back in the back. Help me out, ushers, all the way in the back of the wall right there. Put your hand up so I can see you. Give me just a moment right there, sir. God bless you. God bless you, sir. What a wonderful thing. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Just put it up real high. We just want to make a connection with you. We're never to do uh, this life alone. Yeah. Anyone else? Someone's pointing over there. You got that? Anyone else? What a wonderful thing. 